Welcome to the PartCast series, episode 57, part one, Adolescent Suicide, Risk and Protective Factors. The PartCast series brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the Particle Archive. This particle reviews the available literature on the risk and protective factors associated with adolescent suicide in the child welfare context. Introduction Suicide is a key public health concern in Canada and around the world, with an estimated 800,000 annual deaths by suicide recorded across the globe in 2014. Suicide affects people from all ages, backgrounds, genders, and socioeconomic statuses, and can have devastating impacts on individuals, families, and communities. Perhaps not surprisingly, suicide rates are known to increase significantly from childhood to adolescence, and approximately 500 youth die by suicide in Canada each year. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for Canadian adolescents, surpassed only by vehicle accidents. In 2016, Kids Help Phone surveyed over a thousand teens in Canada and found that approximately one in five seriously considered suicide in the past year, and nearly half of all suicidal youth reported having a suicide plan. Suicide is also highly prevalent among young people in marginalized and discriminated groups, especially those in Indigenous and Métis communities. These communities contain some of the highest rates of youth suicide in Canada. This particle will define suicidal thoughts and behaviors, STBs, and review the literature on risk and protective factors associated with adolescent suicide with the aim of increasing knowledge and awareness of suicide risk for this population. Key definitions and terminology. This section contains common definitions and terminology associated with suicidal thoughts and behaviors among adolescents. Suicidal ideation. Suicidal ideation or thoughts is the act of thinking about killing oneself. Those thoughts can range from brief considerations to active planning. It is important to note that not all who experience suicidal ideation will attempt suicide. However, ideation can be a strong predictor for subsequent attempts. Suicide plan. When an individual contemplates a method through which to kill oneself. Suicide attempt the non-fatal act of engaging in self-injurious behavior with the intention of dying. To be considered a true suicide attempt, the self-injurious behavior must be accompanied by the intent of ending one's life. Note that it is often difficult to assess the objective of self-injurious behaviors since individuals are ambivalent to discuss the incident due to stigma or other factors. Suicide. Suicide is death that results from the self-injurious behavior with the intention of dying. Suicide clusters. A group of suicides or suicide attempts that occur over a small period of time and space. Suicide clusters are also referred to as copycat, suicide contagion, or imitation suicide, and are found more commonly among young people under the age of 25 in high-risk groups. Suicidal thoughts and behaviors, STBs. The literature commonly refers to suicidal ideation, suicide plans, suicide attempts, and suicides using the umbrella term suicidal thoughts and behaviors, abbreviated as STBs, wherein the severity level of the thoughts and behaviors increases as the risk for lethality increases. It is important to note that there is a distinct difference between suicidal behaviors and self-harm. This distinct difference involves the presence or absence of the intention of dying. Those who engage in suicidal behaviors, like suicidal planning or attempting, have the intent to die, 
while those who engage in acts of self-harm do not. Over the last two decades, there has been significant increase in research focusing on understanding STDs in the adolescent population. However, the ability to predict risk remains generally lacking among helping professionals. This is understandable given the complexity of suicide. However, with the right knowledge and understanding, those who work on the front lines with adolescents facilitate suicide prevention among this population. How to talk about suicide. Avoid using words like committed suicide, completed suicide, or successful suicide, or unsuccessful suicide, as these words can further stigmatize those affected by suicide, making it harder to reach out for help. Using language that is caring, understanding, and non-judgmental helps reduce the stigma associated with suicide. Terminology such as death by suicide or died by suicide are preferred to help reduce stigma and describe what happened in objective terms. Thinking critically. Have you worked with adolescents experiencing STBs in the past? If so, how did you respond? Research questions. This particle will address the following research questions to understand the literature on suicide and its complexity amongst adolescents. These questions will guide the remainder of the research review. One, what factors increase the risk of STBs in adolescents? Two, what factors decrease the risk of STBs in adolescents? Methods matter. These are association questions. They examine the relationship between factors. Correlational studies, randomized control trials, and systematic reviews best answer these questions. What factors increase the risk of STBs in adolescents? FAQs, what are the causes of adolescent suicide? Why do adolescents die by suicide? What are suicidal warning signs and how are they different from suicidal risk factors? Before discussing common suicidal risk factors in adolescents, it is important to distinguish the difference between suicidal risk factors and suicidal warning signs. Risk factors are more commonly referred to as distal predictors of STBs, and these include things like family history of suicide, previous suicide attempts, etc. Whereas warning signs classify the immediate predictors of STBs, and those include things like talking about suicide, worrisome behaviors, and changes in behaviors. A wealth of literature examines suicidal risk factors in combination with warning signs, as the two terms are often used interchangeably, despite their distinct meanings. Commonly studied risk factors associated with STBs in adolescents include, but are not limited to, mental illness, profound feelings of hopelessness, substance use, previous engagement in non-suicidal self-injury, previous suicide attempts, a lack of family or peer connectedness, child maltreatment, gender, and sexual orientation or gender identity. While studied most frequently, the following factors should be interpreted with caution as the complexity of suicide is not understood in its entirety. Much of what causes someone to develop STBs is unknown. Depression and hopelessness. Perhaps not surprisingly, multiple studies have found depression and hopelessness to be a strong predictor of STBs in adolescents. A study by Nock and colleagues found that the most prevalent mental illness associated with suicidal thoughts and behaviors among adolescents in the United States was major depressive disorder. Another study, conducted in France, evaluated depression severity and suicidal ideation in adolescents and found that those who experienced moderate to severe depression were more likely to disclose suicidal thoughts and behaviors in comparison to those with more mild depression. 
While both studies found significant results, it is important to note that they were not carried out in a Canadian context, and therefore the results may differ if the studies were replicated in Canada. In addition, hopelessness is often cited as a characteristic of depression, and some researchers have studied hopelessness as a variable for suicide predictability in isolation. For example, in an American cross-sectional study examining racial or ethnic and gender-specific associations between suicidal thoughts and behaviors and various risk factors including hopelessness, it was found that hopelessness was one of the strongest predictors of STBs and was the only risk factor studied that was common amongst all four racial and ethnic and gender groups. This is important as it shows that hopelessness as a predictor of STBs may span across different racial, ethnic, and gender groups. Suicide attempt history and non-suicidal self-injury. Suicide attempt history has been discussed as the strongest predictor in subsequent suicide attempts. The World Health Organization indicates that prior suicide attempts are considered the strongest risk factor for suicide. In a longitudinal meta-analysis, 172 papers were statistically tested to determine the effects of prior STBs on suicidal outcomes. STBs were only included in the study if the thoughts or behaviors were self-directed and if there was some level of intent to die. It was found that suicide attempt history was associated with the highest level of risk for subsequent suicide attempts and, in combination with suicidal ideation, was the strongest predictor of suicide. There's been a strong debate over the past few years, or past few decades, in regards to whether non-suicidal self-injury or self-harm is a precursor to STBs in adolescents. The relationship between non-suicidal self-injury behavior and suicidal thoughts and behaviors is complex due to the outward similarities and societal perceptions of both phenomena. However, as mentioned in the definition section, self-harm and STBs differ based on whether there is an intent to die or not. One study by Jenkins and colleagues assessed youth who engaged in non-suicidal self-injury at a primary care facility to better understand the relationship between those at risk of suicidal behavior and those who were not. Through this cross-sectional analysis, it was found that most youth who engaged in non-suicidal self-injury had not considered or attempted suicide in the past. However, Current depression and history of alcohol use was associated with increased suicidal thoughts and behaviors. While it was found that the majority of those who engaged in non-suicidal self-injury were not considered suicidal, it is always important to conduct a risk assessment if STBs are suspected. Family disconnection and childhood maltreatment. As families are considered a vital social and support network for youth, researchers have considered the link between a lack of family connectedness and suicide in adolescents for many years. Researchers often discuss an interception between adolescent suicidality and an increase in family conflict, parental loss, family history of suicide, and poor attachment quality between parents and their child. For example, Saffer and colleagues used a modified version of the parental bonding instrument to examine differences between adolescents who attempted suicide and those who experienced suicidal ideation but did not attempt. The results suggested that adolescents with a history of suicide attempts rated lower on maternal and paternal bonding in comparison to adolescents who experienced suicidal ideation. Childhood maltreatment is also considered a strong risk factor for developing STBs in adolescents. A unique study by Miller and colleagues examined whether childhood emotional maltreatment was associated with the development of suicidal ideation during adolescence through a three-year longitudinal study. This is unique as most studies of this genre tend to assess the impact of childhood maltreatment on the development of suicidal ideation at one time point rather than longitudinally. It was found that emotional maltreatment increased suicidal ideation at each of the three time points assessed. While this study did not address other STBs such as suicidal planning, 
or attempt, the results indicate that childhood emotional maltreatment not only affected developmental processes such as stress responses, relationships, and sense of belonging, but also appeared to contribute to the development of suicidal ideation. One interesting theory by Thomas E. Joyner and colleagues combines three constructs that relate to the effect of perceived disconnection from familial and social relationships can have on the development of suicidal behavior. This theory is called the interpersonal theory of suicide, and the three constructs include thwarted belongingness, perceived burdensomeness, and capability for suicide. The theory hypothesizes that when an individual feels socially isolated or disconnected from reciprocal caring relationships, this results in a believing that their presence is a liability on others or that they feel unwanted in their family or peer group. And if they have lost the fear associated with dying, the likelihood of dying by suicide increases dramatically. While evidence to suggest that an interaction exists between three constructs is limited, the theory is a helpful lens through which professionals can approach families with adolescents who appear to be experiencing a level of disconnection. Gender and sexual identity. Research discussing gender differences in relation to STBs is plentiful. However, the literature has just begun exploring STBs in relation to sexuality and identity over the past few years. Females are consistently found to report more suicidal ideation than males. However, males are more likely to die by suicide. It is unclear in the literature as to what causes more deaths by suicide in males, although it has been theorized that significant societal barriers may prevent males from coming forward before it is too late. Significant relationships between LGBTQ identities and STBs have been found in youth. In the literature, transgender youth and bisexual and lesbian girls have been found to be more vulnerable to suicidality than cisgender or heterosexual youth, as have other sexual orientation categories. Factors that may contribute to this vulnerability may be attributed to increased stigma, prejudice, and discrimination experienced by the LGBTQ youth. Can single risk factors predict suicidality? Due to the complicated nature of suicide, single risk factors may limit the predictability of suicidality. In a meta-analysis by Franklin and colleagues, 50 years of research about suicidal risk factors were analyzed to determine which factors were most effective in predicting STVs across the lifespan. Common risk factors investigated included prior suicidal ideation or attempt, hopelessness, depression, abuse history, anxiety, prior self-injury, and prior psychiatric hospitalization. It was found that all of the common risk factors studied were not significantly associated with STB outcomes. The study therefore concluded that commonly researched risk factors tend to be inaccurate predictors of STBs when studied individually, and perhaps multiple risk factors combined may better predict suicidal outcomes, although this has yet to be tested in the literature. What factors decrease the risk of STBs in adolescents? FAQs. What are suicidal protective factors for adolescents? Which factors decrease STBs in, in suicidal youth? Much of the literature tends to focus on risk factors for adolescent suicide alone and pays little attention to the potential protective factors. While the literature on protective factors in relation to suicide prevention is sparse, the factors that have been associated with decreases in STBs in youth include social and family connectedness, as well as self-determination. Social and family connectedness. Currently, the strongest factors that minimize the risk of suicidal thoughts and behaviors among adolescents are increased positive social and family connectedness. Biologically, humans are wired to connect with others, and when these connections are strengthened, STBs are more likely to decrease. 
In addition, positive social and familial environments have been established as protective roles in the social and emotional outcomes of youth facing adversity, including suicidality, among youth living in foster care and youth of a sexual minority. Sis and colleagues examined the effect of increased peer and familial connectedness among suicidal adolescent inpatients in a one-year post-psychiatric hospitalization. Connectedness was measured at baseline and at follow-up through the perceived emotional and personal support scale. Participants recorded whether their relationships with up to three people in their lives were close, confiding, satisfying, and supportive. Results showed that an increase in family connectedness following hospitalization predicted a decrease in the severity of suicidal ideation throughout the entire year after being hospitalized. However, these results only pertain to adolescents without multiple suicide attempt histories. Similarly, peer connectedness was associated with lower levels of suicidal ideation for females at follow-up, but not males. Additionally, the odds of attempting suicides for both sexes following hospitalization were reduced by approximately half when youth reported an increase in peer connectedness. While this study is limited in generalizability due to the unique sample of suicidal adolescent inpatients, the results provide important insights of the association between perceived and familial connectedness and suicidal ideation in attempts. In regards to the role of non-family adults, including foster caregivers, in their association with decreased STBs in adolescents, the research is scarce. One study conducted in the Caribbean found that non-family adult connectedness protected against suicide attempts for adolescents aged 16 and up, but not for those aged younger. Similarly, another study found that youth perceptions of caring among church and spiritual leaders was associated with a decreased suicidal attempt and thoughts for LGBTQ youth. At this time, there's little research on non-family adults and whether their connection with young people in their lives can have a positive protective impact and warrants further investigation. Self-determination. Interestingly, one Montreal-based study examined self-determination as a protective factor for suicidal ideation in adolescents. This study was influenced by the stress diathesis model, wherein the amount of stress caused by negative life events depends on the number of variables that increase or decrease an individual's resilience. In addition, the researchers theorized that adolescents who experienced higher self-determination would be less vulnerable to hopelessness and suicidal ideation. When measuring self-determination using the Global Motivation Scale, results found that self-determined youth experienced less suicidal ideation in face of negative life events than those with lower levels of self-determination. However, it is important to note that this study measured suicidal ideation by asking participants about their current suicidal thoughts on the day of the survey, rather than extending the time frame of potential suicidal ideation to the past week or month. Suicidal ideation among adolescents may fluctuate over time. Therefore, the results may not represent suicidal adolescents at the time of the study. Despite potential limitations, the study was unique in its nature, as few studies have examined self-determination or personal motivation as protective factors towards suicide. Thinking critically. Can you think of any other protective factors that could prevent suicide among adolescents? How could you promote and encourage the above protective factors with an adolescent in the context of child welfare services? Practice considerations. Suicide is complex and much of what causes an individual to go from thinking about suicide to dying by suicide is unknown. To date, there is no exact combination of risk factors known to directly cause suicide. However, many suicides occur impulsively in moments of crisis. In these circumstances, having ready access to the means to act on suicidal thoughts can determine whether a person lives or dies. While support for each adolescent will differ, 
The following recommendations have been developed to guide professionals who work with adolescents experiencing STBs. Become familiar with suicide warning signs. Suicidal warning signs determine immediate risk for STBs and becoming familiar with warning signs can increase the likelihood that at-risk youth are identified and receive the help they need. Workers can look out for the following warning signs in their clients. Threatening to hurt or kill themselves, talking about wanting to hurt or kill themselves, looking for ways to kill themselves by seeking access to firearms, pills, and other means, talking or writing about death, dying, or suicide, when these actions are out of the ordinary for this youth, reporting feeling no reason for living or no sense of purpose in life, increased anxiety, agitation, or hopelessness, unable to sleep or sleeping all the time, withdrawal from friends, family, and society, and acting reckless or engaging in risky activities. Recognize and promote protective factors. As mentioned in this review, the factors most associated with decreases in STBs include social and family connectedness, as well as self-determination. Workers can help youth recognize existing social and familial relationships in addition to promoting their inner strengths, including self-determination. Take advantage of available supports. Having a client who is suicidal can be emotionally difficult to manage for professionals for various understandable reasons. It is recommended that workers seek out available support such as a supervisor, trusted colleague, or counselor after meeting with a suicidal client as needed. Conclusion. This particle reviewed the available literature on adolescent suicide risk and protective factors. The main risk factors found were depression, hopelessness, previous suicide attempts, past engagement in harm, a lack of family or peer connectedness, a history of childhood maltreatment, and certain genders and sexual identities. While the majority of the research focuses on singular risk factors associated with adolescent suicide, future research should examine multiple risk factors together in order to build on the current knowledge and understanding of this phenomenon. Additionally, protective factors in the context of adolescent suicide were minimally studied. However, family and peer connectedness, as well as self-determination, may contribute to decreases in STBs among adolescents. Workers supporting youth have a responsibility to look out for and intervene when signs of suicide are suspected. Practice considerations for professionals included becoming familiar with suicidal warning factors, recognizing and promoting positive or protective factors in adolescents experiencing STBs, and taking advantage of available professional supports. Due to the complexity of suicide, prevention is key, and therefore part two of this episode We'll examine various programs and interventions available for suicidal youth. You have been listening to the Partcast series, Episode 57, Part 1. Adolescent Suicide, Risk and Protective Factors. The Partcast series is produced by Practice and Research Together, a Canadian membership-based organization that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information on this episode's topic or other episodes in the Partcast series, please visit www.partcanada.org.